Welcome to episode 122 of the Startup Show. Today I'm talking to the CEO and co-founder of Advertima Iman, and I'm very excited to talk about things just as the future of retail shopping, his role model, but also how to treat advice from very experienced people. So stay tuned. Welcome to episode 122 of the Startup Show. Today, I'm here at Startfeld in St. Gallen, and I'm very excited to speak to the CEO and co-founder of Advertima. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here with me because uh, I've been trying to chase you for a very long time to get you onto the show, and I'm very excited that it finally happened. So, uh, as usual, uh, the person in the hot seat, my guests, get about a minute and a half to introduce themselves to my audience. So um, it would be a great pleasure to hear a little bit more insights about you. Thank you very much. I was born in uh, Iran um, in 1986. My parents came to Switzerland um, when I was nine years old. And I studied here uh, banking and finance in Zurich, at the University of Zurich, at the University of St. Gallen Entrepreneurship. Advertima is my uh, third company. Um, yeah, that's a short story about that. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure you also had like, you know, a couple of life decisions when you had to decide between should you go now, let's say, into corporate or let's say um, entrepreneurship and founding your own companies. What was it that like made you decide that like, entrepreneurship is the thing for you? Actually, I worked during four years at the bank, at the Swiss bank, in the risk office. Yeah. So my job was to uh, just uh, look into companies that wanted some... Uh, uh, loans from the bank and um, in these four years I realized that I actually want to be on the other side of the table yes. <laughs> so uh, after my uh, bachelor degree in banking and finance uh, I stopped studying I told myself I have to try this and I founded two companies at the same time in a traditional business Is there anything let's say when you look at your entrepreneurship career anything that you would say like well this was probably the hardest moment of, of your career so far? Actually, every week you have, you have a, a very hard moment, but uh, when I look back um, the last three years, the hardest part was in 2015. So in 2014, we had our first prototype, and it took us more than 12 months to convince somebody to put money into it. So I had more than 100 uh, conversations with investors, and in the end, actually, it was a customer that paid in advance, and we could start... Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, working so these twelve months it was really hard because nobody wanted to <laughs> listen uh, to my vision and to our vision and uh, in the end it worked that was hard but in the end it's normal yeah you've won many many awards already the Swisscom Startup Challenge and uh, other things also but you recently won the award in Luzerne how was that of course that was great this yes. is uh, the biggest prize that you can win uh, as a young company in Switzerland. The Swiss ICT Newcomer Award, yeah. and uh, we didn't expect it. So the other finalists were companies that were much um, more, uh, longer uh, in the market. So we didn't expect that, and then they said our name, and it was just oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> but it was a good experience. Like some yes, things happened after. Yes, of course. Uh, Even that we have right now in our uh, signature, we must yes. actually have this. Like we want this award, and people ask us, and uh, some companies we know this award and they approach us. Yeah. Good, so let's talk about the startup, which is that's what we're here for. So maybe give us a short pitch so we're all uh, on the same page. 
about exactly what you do. So the problem that you're solving is um, is that in the online world, it's already common that you can accompany customers to, throughout the entire online journey yeah. and user journey, multi-channel strategies, for example. But when it comes to the physical world, we are limited to technologies like beacons and QR codes. And for some use cases, uh, you can you can use beacons, but not all use cases. So we wanted to solve this problem, and we have developed an AI-driven marketing software for personalized and fully automated customer interactions in the physical world, and connected it to digital marketing hubs like Adobe, Oracle, uh, and uh, Salesforce, all these cloud solutions for marketing that we own. So what our software does is uh, uses 2D sensors and uh, 3D sensors like cameras to analyze several people in the physical world at the same time and interpret what they are doing, what the behavior of them is, and then decides in real time what to show them at what time and where should they stand when I approach them. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it plays out those experiences on outbound devices like screens or uses those light systems and everything that could help to create these multi-sensory experiences needed to create some fun and uh, personalized information for the people. Sure, so, so let's make it a little bit more practical. Maybe I mean, you don't have to mention any client names, but maybe you can you know, take one industry that you're like, currently working closely with and explain how they're using your tech to actually, you know, whatever, increase, following increase, revenue increase, whatever. Imagine in a shopping center, for example. Yeah. What's the goal of a shopping center? The shops inside the shopping center uh, earn money. What the shopping center wants is that people go into the stores and the stores are happy. So what our decision making does is uh, learn from the past. What did I show to people who uh, finally entered the store? For example, you have five people there and um, you know that the current clip uh, on the screen is going to finish in three seconds. So our artificial intelligence um, analyzes the situation and decides, okay, those three people are going to be in the attention area of the screen in three seconds. The other two guys are walking away. So focus on the three that are going to be in the attention area. So then at the right time, you approach them personally and tell them why to go into a store. And when while walking into a store, you can, of course, measure the success of this campaign. It sounds very fascinating, and I, and I really like the idea, but it, always, it sounds to me like you would talk about software only. So is there no hardware involved at all, or are you using, what kind of hardware are you using to track these people? Yeah, of course hardware is involved. Um, if we want to bring the value that we promise to our customers to the market, we need three components. So software, hardware, own, and of course content. Mm-hmm. We focus on technology and software. This is um, what we do very well. I would say we are the best all over the world. <laughs> but uh, of course, it need, also hardware and content is needed. But this is something that other our partners should do. So we have a partner program where we enable hardware companies and content agencies to take our technology and uh, make it to something valuable for their customers. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was curious about, because I mean, like, your whole premise is that shopping in malls, let's say in this specific thing, is going to be a thing. Um, now, when you look at the trends such as Amazon and, let's say, also Apple, um, they are focusing much more on, let's say, Amazon, obviously, fully online, Apple more on like, the experience that you get within the Apple Store. Where do you see the market going, um, let's say, in terms of, let's say, shopping? In the next five to ten years, are people going to shops to actually hopefully or get the experience? Hopefully. Um, first of all, Amazon just invested in retail. So yes. 
Yes. They also believe in, in the, that in future people still want to go shopping in the physical world. They have to merge the online world, the digital world, with the physical world because uh, the trends are showing that we as human beings, we want to go out. We want to be out of home. We want to come in contact with other people. So I really don't believe that retail is going to disappear. Yeah. Retail, how we knew it from the last century, is going to disappear. Yes, yes but uh, there is a new way of uh, experiencing retail. And this is uh, the ways to uh, merge a digital world with the physical world. Sure. Where, where do you stand, let's say, in your let's say, development of, of this product that you're currently selling? Um, are you, is this fully on the market already? It is on the market, but of course, uh, as a starter with a new technology and a new product, it takes time to yes. scale the whole uh, thing. So, as I told you, besides the software, we also need to implement uh, and, and develop hardware solutions and teach agencies, content agencies, creative agencies how to use this, this technology. Mm -hmm. Because until now, they didn't know it. So this takes time, of course. It's not just a platform, a business model innovation or something, uh, where you can just put it online and push it one year and see if it works or not. So we needed two and a half years for the go-to-market. So we have uh, more than 10 customers at the moment. With them, we developed the whole uh, solution. We made public pilots with them, and now we are negotiating for the rollouts. It's uh, working very well, and we are pretty sure right now that it's going to be rollout. How do you see the product market fit in your company? Actually, we don't see a big problem there. Um, the key is that um, there are, of course, methodologies how you can uh, set up a startup. Yeah. And uh, one of the most important uh, things is that you understand the market and you build the product that the fit is all, uh, already done before you build it. Yes. Like, we know what the needs of our customers are because we build this product with our customers. You know what the goals of the customers are? Like, is it maximizing the amount of people who receive relevant information? We have customers who, or, who tell us this is what we want. So, for, for example, advertisement. Or is it the goal to increase footfall? Is the goal to um, prolong stay duration? So if you know the goals of, the, of your customers, you can build the technology and the product that fit these this needs. Yeah. So actually, I don't see that there are probably We have already earned uh, millions in revenues uh, the last two years. This shows that there is a market and our customers really like our product because you can measure actually the success and you can show them in numbers. You see, before that, you had this number and now we increase it by 50%. Sure. So if you can do that, this is kind of like what you can use as a manifestation to your, to your claim. You know, we're here um, at Startfeld and I'm very curious to hear because, you know, I, I know a lot about like, different ecosystems such as Tel Aviv, Berlin um, and Zurich, but St. Gallen is kind of like a little bit like out of my reach sometimes. So it's very interesting to me to hear, let's say, how you perceive, let's say, the ecosystem here in St. Gallen, and also maybe with a focus on like this um, incubator, co-working space, start strategy. It was a strategic uh, decision to yeah. stay here. It was not just like, okay, let's start. The thing is, um, St. Gallen has a really good economic uh, development department in the politics. So they are doing some stuff like uh, Startfed, uh, challenging and helping and supporting startups. They started it uh, about 10 years ago and it's really good. Mm -hmm. The other thing is uh, we are a machine learning, a computer vision company. So the technology that we are building is in this field. And uh, of course, the ETH in Zurich and uh, in Lausanne, they, they have really good talents. Yeah. But we have also in, in Zurich, for example, Google. Yeah. 
So they pay a lot of money to get those people from the university directly. And uh, we said this is a big risk. So what we wanted to do is to have the possibility to grow very fast without having any concerns about the uh, competition like Google is taking away uh, the talents. So what we did with the city of St. Gallen and the canton of St. Gallen, we made a deal. They are helping us uh, to bring people, uh, specialists, to St. Gallen. And uh, actually, there, there are a lot of talented people all over the world. If you tell them, hey, in St. Gallen, we are building this startup. This is what we do. They really like it. It's, it's, it's rocket science. It's cool. And um, you, you can build up your life here. And we will get you the work permit, and we will get you an apartment, and uh, let's try this. This is how we grew from four people to more than 40 people within one and a half years here in St. Gallen. Wow. And we love it, and it, it works very well. So you have a very international team, sounds to me. We, have, we are 43 people at the moment, and we have 25 nationalities. How is that? Nationalities. How is that? With all this is the reason we are so innovative, actually. So the diversity in this company is great. Yes. So... Um, you have people who study um, almost the same. I mean, the technology team, we have people who study machine learning, uh, computer vision, but they still have their, their culture inside them and uh, it's different. And this helps to discuss some stuff and bring in some points that others don't see. Yeah. And this is actually the reason that uh, we, we can solve problems in a new way, think out of the box. Yeah. Cool. Diversity is a very important thing in your team. So to wrap up um, the first part of the show, uh, one of the key things, is there anything that say, you would say is not perfect yet, let's say in the Sun-Colored ecosystem where let's say, you, you still feel, we can even expand it to Switzerland where you would say like, well, looking at you know other startups, maybe you know different verticals, you would say we still need to work on the ecosystem at some point or mm-hmm. you think everything is good at the moment? Actually, I believe if you are a good startup you can handle all situations even in an environment that has not a lot of uh, startups you can handle that situation it's your job to convince for example investors to come to St. Gallen yes. so I don't believe that there is any investor who says no I invest only if you are in Zurich this is one point but, but actually of course the network is very important in this scene so the ecosystem here in St. Gallen is not um, that big at the moment so that means uh, a lot of effort more than other uh, startups in other cities like Zurich or Berlin. Actually, we have an office in Berlin with eight people, but we have no investor from Berlin. So uh, in the end, it was the other way around. So we, our investors are from all over the world and also here in Sankan. As a startup, you shouldn't care about the ecosystem. You can, if you have a vision, if you have a good team, you can um, build a very good startup with a very good product, even from yeah, from anywhere. <laughs> right. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, the digital nomad trend is definitely around, so I guess you can do it a little bit from everywhere. So what I do in this section, just before the video, I publish online a teaser where you can see who I'm interviewing next, and then you can ask your question that will be answered by the most promising entrepreneurs around the world. Now, today, I got a question uh, from Valid from... Uh, through my WhatsApp group, and he asked the following question. How are you tackling the technical challenges of AI? Are you building your own systems or do you rely on third-party APIs? I think you should ask this question my CTO, but from my point of view, <laughs> from my point of view, yeah. Okay, one point, edge computing. So nobody cares about edge computing at the moment, or not a lot of people. 
And if you really want to make real-time decisions uh, based on artificial intelligence, the architecture, the infrastructure of the whole software should be on edge. No idea what you just said, but it sounds interesting. It sounds fancy. <laughs> Sending learning to the cloud and distributed to all the other point of installations. Okay. Don't do the processing in the cloud. Don't do the processing in the cloud. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, good. Well, I hope you got some learnings out of this. Um, I definitely did. Who do you admire in the startup world? Elon Musk. No, 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 we had him too many times. Really? Yes. Just, not just one answer? No. Yeah. Okay, another one. I admire still Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, because I believe that it doesn't matter what kind of product you have. It's uh, If you are a good startup, you can take any product uh, or vision and uh, bring it to market successfully. And he's shown now. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Just he was my I know. <laughs> What would you like to see in the next five years in your ecosystem? I would like to see more investors coming directly to, to this uh, ecosystem and hear startups pitching. What would be, let's say, the USP of some garden for an investor? This is not here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think the University of St. Gallen is really great. They are pushing um, startups. Yes. And this is why uh, we have a lot of talents here. And I believe that the theory of building a startup, the, the difference, distinguishing between management and entrepreneurship, yeah. distinguishing between corporates and startups, this is something that should be um, taught at universities and here at the University of St. Kevin in this, I, I mean it. The next one, finish a sentence. My biggest mistake as a startup is or was... I didn't make any mistake. No, no actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't finish that sentence because everybody makes mistakes and I can't even say what's the biggest one, but the mistakes that you did and, uh, and the good decisions that you made, they brought you where you are right now. So if I didn't make those mistakes, maybe I wouldn't be here. So sometimes mistakes are good. Okay, so okay, make the best out of the mistakes. Good. Yes, exactly. What messaging platform are you using to communicate with your team? Slack. And we forbid everything else. It's like forbid. Yes, it's forbidden to send any emails, any WhatsApp. Communication is key. So We're not even WhatsApp. No, WhatsApp is not allowed in, in the community. You can do it privately, but uh, we have Slack, and uh, we have rules, really strict rules, how to use Slack. But this is the only reason we can grow and still communicate. Well. Can you explain the rules, like? Yeah, for example, if you want somebody to read something, uh, you name him, and if somebody's Named in Slack, you have to react to it with a at least with an answer or with an emoji. So this is this is key for communication. <laughs> that when I send you something, you have to react to it. Otherwise, I don't know if you read it. Yes. So and a lot of people don't do that, and then I, I still don't know. Did you read it? Did you get it or not? Yes. So yeah, rules. Right. Good rules is good. Um, if you remember back, how did you get your first paying client? Yeah, we were at this uh, conversation in, in uh, Berlin and the CEO of this company, uh, we had half an hour. So I showed him uh, this, this tablet and this tablet decided to show him IT coaching for old men yes. as an advertisement. So he said, he, he, he thought this is fun and he said, okay, if you bring this to a shopping center, I'm going to pay you in advance. Okay. That was the deal. So that's what you did. <laughs> Who would say no to that? <laughs> fourth part of my show, um, it's your moment to leave a legacy for the future generations. 
where you give over some kind of expert advice. And keep in mind, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, aspiring venture capitalists, but also a lot of students. So if you would tell them one piece of advice that you would say, I wish I knew, and I would like to leave that as a legacy for this future generations. So it's the word experience, like learning from experience from, from the past. I believe that experts and specialists and people who have 30 years of experience, they learn from the past. It's good to listen to them, but in the end, they can't predict how the future is going to look like that. So this is important. So if you have an idea, if you have a vision, and somebody with a lot of experience tells you don't do that, you can still do it. <laughs> listen to those people. And it's important to talk to them, to get their experience, but in the end, you have to decide is his experience from the past really what I need now, right now, yeah. or am I going to change that? So sometimes it's good to be naive. It's yeah. good to just do stuff without uh, thinking about a lot of risks and, oh, okay, uh, the last uh, 30 years isn't this happened, so I can't do that. Uh, circumstances uh, change. Yeah. So you have to make the decision by yourself <laughs> because you have the vision. Sure. Very good. So, everyone, thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody who tuned in today for this episode. Have a great day.